Welcome to Emerge Dynamics. Emerge Dynamics. The podcast for those who manage and invest in middle market private companies across the globe. globe. We're telling the stories of the unsung champions who take enormous risks every day to weave the fabric of our societies. Those who collectively, from the multi-trillion dollar largest market on the planet, we're diving into the dynamics of what makes some of them emerge from their peers and create incredible returns and impact on their communities. This is Emerge Dynamics. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Emerge Dynamics podcast. I am David Cusimano here with Eric Winberger. All right, David. And time for another current events episode. All right. The current events keep happening. <laughs> and they are current events that keep happening in a way that we really believe are going to affect owners and managers of private companies across the globe. So we kind of feel an obligation to talk about them a bit. Yeah, yeah. So folks, today we're going to talk about a couple of things developing recently in the economy. And we don't want this podcast to be an economics podcast, although I like talking about that. I'd be happy to Go on and on about it, but we need to keep this. Nerd. Yes, <laughs> we need to keep it tied in though with how do we make our businesses run better, right? And I yeah. think we've got some relevant things today that are really going to help business owners and managers maybe make better decisions. Right. I think that's the most important thing is is making sure that we see the read the tea leaves, so to speak, and mm-hmm. understand how this might impact my business, and then moving forward with good decisions based on that information. Exactly. And so, folks, we're going to talk about a possible future scenario that could unfold in the world. I don't know the future. I don't think. Eric, do you know the future? No. (laughs) So anything could happen. And I think that speaks to the exercise in business planning, strategic planning, of making sure you include scenario planning. Anytime yeah. we build financial models, we build multiple scenarios. Right. Because there are different future states of the world that could develop, and they have different probabilities, and we estimate the probabilities. We don't even know the probabilities. But what we want to know is that in the reasonable range of future states of the world, what does my business look like? Right? Is there a reasonable downside where my business doesn't exist anymore? If so, let's plan for that, right? Or could a recession hit, my business is just fine or grows, right? It's just so, I think before we dive into this, folks, we don't want to say, hey, Eric and David are saying this is what's going to happen in the future. We're going to give you a couple data points out there that say there's a scenario out there that has a material probability of happening, but it might not, right? right? So we'll leave it there. And then maybe at the end, Eric, we can come back to scenario planning again and tie it all, all back up. I like it. So there are two things we want to talk about today, folks. Mm. One of them is pretty recently out there, and it's called the Sluice Report, a Senior Loan Officer Opinion Survey. It comes out once a quarter. I'm pretty sure the Federal Reserve is the one. They they conduct the survey, and they will survey senior loan officers of banks and ask for their opinions on how things are, right? How they're doing. And so the July report, we're recording this here in August, early August, 2023, and the July report has just come just out. Just came out, yeah. And at a high level, what we're seeing is that about half of the banks yeah. in the United States right now are tightening credit standards. Yeah, yeah. And have also are seeing less 
demand for lending. So fewer applicants. Fewer applicants and a tightening of the credit policies for issuance of any credit. And if you have that open, happen to have that on your computer, Eric, what is approximately the change in demand that they're seeing? Like if you go back a quarter or two, I think there was a table there. Did not see that one, but suffice it to say that over 50% of the banks are seeing a decline in demand. And this is not as bad as when we were in the pandemic or the last time where we really had a financial crisis, but it's close. Right, yeah. (laughs) It's three quarters of the way there. Absolutely. And so I think, what does that mean for someone running a business, managing a business? Well, if you have to do bank financing in your ordinary course of business, which a lot of businesses do, it probably has already gotten a little bit more difficult yeah, and probably will be getting more difficult if you haven't perceived it yet. I yeah. know in businesses that I know on a regular basis, they are already having more challenges getting deals done. Yeah. And certainly the rates are up. So that adds to the challenge when you look at the economics of the circumstance of borrowing. And so, yes, it's a problem that a lot of people are seeing regardless of whether, you know, what the survey says. But I think it's just indicative of the fact that what the survey says is, is, is really the reality of what's happening out there. Yep. And here's the chart. I just found it. As recently as, let's say, 2022, we had... Just over 20% of banks reporting stronger demand for commercial and industrial loans than they had been in the past. Oh, that's right. Yep, yep. I see. Yeah, and we're now, now we're, now we're now on negative 55, negative 50. So that's about half of, so from 20% of them saying they're, they're seeing stronger Increasing. demand to half of them saying they're seeing weaker demand. That's an enormous swing That's an enormous swing. in what they're seeing, right? And the Federal Reserve uses this a lot of times as intelligence for them making decisions about where they'll go next. Yeah. Now, where the Federal Reserve will go next, I don't know. But this tells me that, so not only might it be harder to finance projects yeah, or to maybe read like your line of credit. When your line of credit, a lot of businesses haven't evergreen line of credit, right? Now, in reality, in legal terms, it matures every so often, every one to three years. But in practice, the business is using that in perpetuity to finance working capital. Right. And so if you're one of those businesses, and there are many people who are, you're not alone if you are, you really need to start thinking, okay, if you've got marginal financials already, and now this is happening, they may not renew your line of credit. Or they may come back with a renewal that is different than what you are presently under. Certainly, from a rate standpoint, that'll be the case, although the, most of the time the rates are short-term in nature, and so they're already up. But they may come back and say, mm, yeah, you had a million-dollar line of credit. We can only go to 750 Right. And... <laughs> If you're at your million-dollar mark, you've got an issue. You've got to come up with a quarter million dollars. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think another implication, Eric, here is not only does this affect kind of your ongoing financing, but this is going to affect growth projects. 
Yeah. There are a lot of planned projects that businesses have to grow. As we know, when businesses grow, they create more jobs. Unemployment's been very low lately. Well, if businesses aren't able to finance their growth projects like they used to, there will be fewer of them. Yeah. Right? So this could start to have repercussions in the unemployment rate as we go forward. And in fact, I think this ties in very well, Eric, with yeah, the we'll other data point that we wanted to talk point, about, yeah, right? Would, yeah. And that is the yield curve. Yeah. Right? The yield curve is something that when I was in my MBA, this was like just basic finance was looking at the yield curve as an indication of a lot of things going on in the economy. And one of the, you know, this was taught to us, I think for good reason, that an inverted yield curve is leading indicator of a recession. Right. Right. And, and so that inverted curve, I'm, I'm not the economy guy, but when we're saying that short term interest rates are actually higher than long term interest rates, right. correct? Exactly. So what the yield curve is, maybe for anyone not familiar, and we'll put links to this in the show notes. If we line up all the current U.S. treasuries out there of different maturities right, and we put them like the six month, the one year, the two year, the five year, the 10 year, and we put those all across the X axis, and we look at the current rates on each of these in the market today, we can line them up and we see a curve. And usually in a healthy economy, longer maturity treasuries have higher rates. People demand higher rates to part with their money for longer amounts of time, right? That's kind of like the, <laughs> the basics of finance. However, Usually, as we're heading into a recession, this curve flips yeah. and becomes inverted. inverted. And so there's a chart, which is the 10-year treasury minus the two-year treasury. Just taking two points on that curve and looking at the difference between them. And that should be a positive number because a 10-year treasury should have a higher yield <laughs> than the two-year treasury. And if you look at this chart, which we'll link to in the show notes, and this is not David and Eric speculating. This is, <laughs> I, this is for some reason, not very much in the mainstream media. But this is taught all over business schools, everywhere, every finance course, and on the Federal Reserve's website, for good reason, they map the 10-year minus two-year treasury, and they overlay that onto historical recessions. And what they've got on their website goes back only about 40 years, but I believe this has been an accurate, 100% accurate predictor of recessions for the last 60 years, at least. Yeah. And you can see on this chart, I'm looking at on my screen here, and Eric, you're probably looking at it on your screen as well, yeah. is every time that yield curve inverts or goes negative. Shortly it, thereafter. Exactly. It flips positive, and then very shortly thereafter, you're in a recession. Yeah. Right? And shortly thereafter could be three months, could be six months. Yeah. It depends on when the recession, but every and single time it happened. It happens, and... and the length of that recession could be uh, a few months to a few years. That's right. I, I, I'm seeing back in around 1982, 83, right, when I first got married. And I, mm-hmm. I remember that period of time very, very well. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that was us. That was us. You lived through that, right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And if you look at how inverted it is, right now, this yield curve is more inverted than it was in 2008. In fact, yeah. you have to go back to what Eric is explaining, yeah, 1980, to find a yield curve this, inv- this inverted. Yeah. As Eric knows more than me, it was a very what are you an, saying an economy. I'm old? <laughs> you just, you're just saying I'm old. That's all right. Just say you have more experience. <laughs> experience. Yes. That's it. 
Yeah, that's it. Very good. <laughs> you, you have to you have to go back to then, but it was uh, as I've read for my lack of experience in 1980, it was definitely a challenging economic time, right? I mean, you can read some of the history about how high interest rates went, and it was yeah. it was very insane. I, I was telling you, my mortgage rate. I, re- I remember my first mortgage at 13 and a half percent. That was after having refinanced it from like 17 percent. So. I felt good. I bet. It went off good. Yeah. Oh yeah, we spent a ton of money. <laughs> So let's let's tie this together. I know, folks, you can listen to a different podcast. You can turn on a news station, and you will hear some expert out there giving a completely different narrative. You will hear them saying, we're headed for a soft landing. Soft landing. Yeah, yeah. As, as if the economy is an airplane that is landing. I'm not sure it works that way. <laughs> uh, or you may hear, you know, it's over. Everything's rosy, right? Everything's growing. The economy is strong. I would agree that... On the surface, there are a lot of things, such as the unemployment rate, that make the economy look strong. On the surface, it looks good. And I hope that these soft landing scenarios become reality. That'd be great. I've got a lot of projects I'm working on that would benefit from a soft landing. Yeah, yeah. And so we're not here to say is started sort of debate with the listeners on which scenario we're going to enter into. What we don't want anyone to do is hear someone give a 20-second soundbite on the soft landing and have you say, aha, that's it, that's what's happening, and disregard these very real data points and just fail to plan for a scenario that could be different. Yeah. Right? It would be prudent for any business owner to take these things that we, this sluice report, this yield curve, and Use them as data points in your decision-making as you're mapping out the future of your business. Yeah. No, and I think each business owner in any particular industry has different things to think about because, uh, you know, with the likelihood based on this, saying that we, we are likely to enter into some recessionary period in some short period of time and for who knows how long, a period, then each particular business in a particular industry responds differently in that. There's some who, just by the nature of their business, regardless of what is happening in in the economy, you've you've got basic need types of products and services that you're you're offering. Those tend to just kind of chug along in a recessionary period. There's others that actually start to do really well in a recessionary period. As people start to maybe tighten their belts, they look for maybe alternatives, right. cheaper alternatives. And the dollar generals of the world do, they do pretty well. Do, do, they do pretty well in right. recessions mm-hmm. for some reason, you know, right? And so it's just keeping that in mind that just because we may be entering or, you know, highly high probability that we're entering into it, doesn't mean that that's all negative for our particular business. We just have to think through that and understand that and then make good decisions based on it. 100%. And in fact, Eric, let's also link in the show notes back to an episode that we did on exactly that, right? We had an episode on the various industries and which ones go which way in a recession, right? So I think we could hearken. We're hearkening. We're hearkening. Yes, we are. And tie that in. We, We did that episode some time ago, kind of thinking, hey, a recession could be coming. That was before we saw this data looking like it looks now, right? So it's probably a good time to maybe, so listen listen to this episode, listen to that episode, maybe listen to all of our episodes. <laughs> Your business will be so much stronger for it. 
All right, so folks, with that, we're gonna wrap here. We hope this is helpful. I hope this is, it is. It's, it's, it's definitely information you need to know as a business owner. I'm not just hoping it, I'm confident in it. Yeah. We'll be back next time with more. Until then, reach out to us, podcast at emergedynamics.com. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you'd like us to talk about. Let us know if you'd like to be on the show and tell your story. And uh, until then, let's, uh, let's get back to work. All right. <laughs>